Welcome back, insiders. It's been a while, I know, but there has been a lot going on in the world of networking at Cisco and in the world in general. This weekend is the 4th of July, and I hope that all of you guys, our listeners, have a chance to unplug and disconnect this weekend. Recovery is so important, and it is totally needed for the mind, the body, and the soul. For those of you who may be new here, my name is Jasmine, and I am your regularly scheduled host coming to you from sunny Raleigh, North Carolina. And a quick fun fact about me is that I get to drive a swell 10 hours to New York this weekend. But before I go off on a tangent, today we have got two rock star, and when I say rock star, I say it with a capital R-O-C-K star experts from Cisco, and you'll see why at the end of this episode. So on that note, today we're going to be focusing on all of the new innovations and features included in this new release of Cisco DNA Center. But before we get into the nitty gritty and the nooks and cranny of all of this tasty tea, I'll have to introduce these guys that you'll be hearing from. Vikram, I'll start with you first. Who are you and tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Jasmine. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, so I'm Vikram Pendarkar. I lead our ST Access product management team here at Cisco. I'm from San Jose, California. And a fun fact about me is I recently decided I'm never, ever going back to the gym. That's because I got an indoor water rower and I'm a complete fan. I'm a complete convert. That is so awesome. A water rower, those are really fun. I used to use them at Orange Theory, and they are definitely a good bang for your buck. So I am a full supporter (laughs) of the no going back to the gym. That's awesome. Yeah. And by the way, like what you mentioned, like about 50% of the people who purchased that water rower, they're all previous OTF folks. So (laughs) yeah. Wow. You just might fall in love with it too. (laughs) I mean, hey, um, that's a, a good investment for when I have a bigger space and not confined to four walls of an apartment. So I'll keep it in mind. Next up, we have Duval Yeager. Duval, take a second, tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. Well, I run the product marketing for DNA Center and write many of the documents you might your people may have heard on uh, DNA Center, everything from the data sheet to the website, et cetera, et cetera. I'm originally from San Diego, California. And fun fact about me, I actually studied engineering in Brazil, uh, learned Portuguese and Spanish, and spent the first few years of my career as a wireless engineer climbing towers all over Central and South America, from Brazil to Buenos Aires, and even in the rainforests in Central America. So I've seen most of Central and South America from the towers, from the clouds. Wow. So talk about a bird's eye view of Central America. That's really awesome. Um, Duval, I didn't know that about you. So you learn something new every day. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I think I can talk to you guys all day, but let me get into why we're here today. So Cisco DNA Center has been around since 2017. That's like four years ago. And it definitely has helped so many customers around the world. From building the platform itself to user-defined network and so much more in between. So Duval, I'll come to you for this question. Why is Cisco DNA Center so important to organizations and their network? Many years ago, we realized that we needed a way, a centralized way to manage our networks. And we created these network management systems, these NMS, and these grew and became standardized with things called FCAPs, where we defined all of the elements that a network management system should have. 
And this grew in a lot of different directions. One of them was an analytics platform that could take some of the work away from you. Adding AIML to an analytics platform can actually allow the, the network in a certain way to manage itself. Um, taking that to the next level, you can do automation and orchestration to where the management system can go out and do automatic upgrades and make changes to the network uh, completely orchestrated, know which part of the network needs to be upgraded first and go to the next part of the network. And then we stepped on into this whole new world of software-defined networking, which is actually a standard. It's a standardized type of networking, although most manufacturers have a different name for what they do. Here at Cisco, we call it software-defined access. But the software-defined networking standard requires a controller that's making all of the software decisions because now these switches and routers in our network are completely software controlled and they need a centralized controller. So this new software defined controller defines the way data flows through our network in these data flows. And finally, the new thing that we're all so concerned about is zero trust networking, where we're able to give people and endpoints only access to the part of the network that they need access to. The camera only needs access to the camera server. So why should it have access to other parts of the network if that's just going to create extra traffic and could be a threat to security? And the same thing with your employees. So this endpoint identification or visibility of what is on my network and how do I create policies so that those uh, people and items on the network only have access to what they need is key to the zero trust networking. So all of these different elements have come together. And in most systems, you will see a number of different boxes with a number of different interfaces. What makes Cisco DNA Center so special is because all of these elements are included in a single pane of glass, a single box, a single interface that can be accessed from anywhere in the world. You can manage from anywhere in the world, but you're doing it through a single system that's managing all of the different elements that you need. A single pane of glass that you can access anywhere, anytime, for whatever you need. And I think that fits really well with how we work now. I feel like workers are anywhere and everywhere. Wherever there's a good Wi-Fi connection, there's work being done. So after living through the pandemic, a lot has changed, as I just said, and is continuing to change. For example, how many of you guys have seen that everything is quote-unquote going digital, from filling out paperwork at a doctor's office, no paper cuts, which is a, a beneficial upper hand, to still struggling to pick out what you want to eat from a tiny menu on your phone. Same thing goes for networks. Everything is digitizing, which means more endpoints, more chaos, and more challenges that network managers are situating through. So Vikram, since we're talking about networks and network managers, let me ask you a personal question. What keeps your brain turning at night when it comes to thinking about Cisco DNA Center and the increasing number of cybersecurity attacks that networks have been seeing? Over the last year, the last 15 or so months since the pandemic started, has put us in a new normal, a new situation. Every single one of my conversations with my customers, what I find is return to work is top of mind for them. Three priorities yeah, that I hear over and over again, right? It starts with how can I lower my total cost of ownership for my workplaces? One report that CBRE that put out recently uh, says that they expect that 
our buildings will be occupied at about 80% of the pre-pandemic levels. So there's going to be a definite reduction in the workforce that you will see at your workplaces. The second thing that emerges is that uh, enterprises are very concerned about providing better experiences. What that means is whether it is your customers, end customers, or the occupants of the building, your employees, they need to be enticed to come back to the facility. And so experience matters and how you provide it matters. So uh, different businesses we find are, are trying out different things, whether this is smart warehouses wherein the robots that are connected to the internet are stacking boxes, or this is a retail stores, which is completely digital, no cashier and using smart sensors to be able to automatically, you know, identify what you purchased and bill you without you having to to talk to a person uh, or healthcare where, where you are doing remote robotic surgeries as a doctor. All of this uh, is an example of what I mean by experiences, okay, whether it is to the customers or to your own employees. And the third thing that has also emerged as a very important uh, top of mind priority for uh, enterprises is sustainability. The government legislations around the world are talking about reducing carbon emissions by 40% and having smart buildings uh, that can help you save uh, cooling costs and be more green, be more sustainable is also an important priority. What does that mean? You know, what that means, Jasmine, for our customers is that the acceleration of the digitization has, has started, uh, you know, picking up a lot. So, and they are doing this by connecting more and more, quote-unquote, smart devices, uh, smart sensors, according to their needs, uh, to be able to, like, achieve these outcomes and experiences that they care for. However, if you look at another report, uh, during the pandemic, you know, over the last 15 months, we have found that cybercrime has actually gone up by 400%. This is not a coincidence. The increase in the number of devices, IoT devices at that, uh, for that uh, specific point is directly correlated to the increase in cybercrime. By 2025, we estimate there would be around 31 billion connected IoT devices and the annual economic impact of cybercrime to be around $10.5 trillion. That is huge. And to be honest, that is what really keeps me up at night. That is absolutely crazy. I did not know that cybercrimes can accumulate to $10.5 trillion. That is really crazy. It's something I did, definitely did not know about. So, you know, taking that into consideration, all of this newfound endpoints connected to the, the network, and that's correlated to the cybercrime, I'm sure that companies and organizations want to do whatever they can to make sure that their network is secure for not only their organization, but for their workers as well. So I'm 100% certain that some of our listeners are wondering how they can get in on some of this great innovation. So Vikram, can you also talk about the adoption process of Cisco DNA Center and what it could look like for a customer to get started? So the question becomes, you know, first and foremost, what can Cisco and Cisco SD Access in particular offer? If you have listened to the recent legislations, you know, the, the presidential proclamation uh, done by President Biden here in the U.S., they've talked about zero trust being uh, a very critical component to fight cybercrime. And Cisco SD Access offers complete workplace zero trust security, a turnkey solution 
to be able to uh, do that. And we'll talk a little bit about that briefly. Uh, but when it comes to getting started, really, customers uh, have a choice, whether it is they want to be able to turn on uh, the capabilities of security that is the access offers, uh, or whether it is better automation of the network infrastructure uh, to lower their total cost of ownership or improve the performances you know, based on uh, optimizations that they can do through DNS Center. Customers have a choice to figure out what their immediate priority is, whether it is a brand new site or it is an existing infrastructure on which they want to derive some of this value and benefits. And they can start that journey appropriately with the DNS Center. So there'll be a few different options that we can offer and they can start where they need. And uh, you know, if there's more detail, they should reach out to a Cisco rep and then we can help you with that. So adding to that a little bit, I just wanna say that I think to a lot of Cisco customers, when they hear about software-defined networking or software-defined access, and especially zero-trust networking, there's the thought of the complexity of this. And I think what this new version of DNA Center brings and what Vikram is talking about is how we have been able to simplify the deployment of the solution through software. And we're going to get into that a little more, but I think it's important to talk about right now that this is a very simple proposition. This is not complex. It's great to hear that Cisco DNA Center can be easily adopted and it's not too complex. So organizations of any size can you know, get in on this great new innovations and the new features that we'll, we'll touch on. So switching gears just a little bit, many organizations are realizing that digital transformation can pose new challenges. IT leaders are beginning to realize that they need a more efficient way to provision, manage, and program their networks. So how can a software-defined network as part of their infrastructure help IT leaders ensure that their branches, data centers, and users are all secure? I was just alluding to the cybercrime proclamation uh, that we made here recently and talked about zero trust. So zero trust is really a best practice, a set of best practices that we as an industry recommend to be able to securely connect your users and applications and devices no matter where they are. In context of uh, this conversation here today, uh, I'll just simplify it into just three principles or three enduring ideas of zero trust. Uh, the first part is all about establishing trust. This is really about knowing exactly who or what is connecting to your, your infrastructure, being able to have that. Uh, you will be surprised to know that in a modern campus uh, and modern as in today, over 40 to 50% of devices that are unmanaged are actually uh, not even identified properly. They are partially identified. So that creates a big hole because if you cannot establish trust or you are not able to identify who or what is connecting to your network, it is very hard to be able to then go on to the next step, which is then to give them the minimum access or the zero trust, least privileged access uh, that needs to be given to them. So the second step uh, after the establishment of trust is all about the least privileged segmented access that we need to provide. We also call it simply as enforcing trust. You know, give them access to what they're entitled to as Dual earlier said, you know, make sure cameras are only given access to the camera servers. So that's about enforcing trust. And then the third pillar of zero trust is all about continuously verifying trust. 
once someone has connected on to the network and they have been given access how do you ensure that a camera continues to be a camera has not been compromised and being used uh, by a cyber actor so if you if you look at these three main pillars uh, you are able to then deploy some best practices uh, and cisco sd access uh, makes it very easy to be able to actually deploy this in a turnkey fashion with uh, some of the capabilities that it offers it differentiates itself uh, jasmine by leveraging the ubiquitous nature uh, of the network infrastructure it's pervasive available everywhere right down to the edge the latest in technology uh, as duval was mentioning which is a software defined paradigm that allows for rapid innovation and iteration uh, from vendors such as us uh, and then being able to also then imbue all of this with uh, ai ml uh, and other techniques like that to be able to then deliver all of this uh, in a very simple consumable fashion so yes and again going back to what makes Cisco's version of zero trust networking different? The difference is two points. First of all, we're doing this through the same interface. So you don't have a separate interface, a separate go-to tool or a separate system that you need to learn to be able to achieve this. This is all being done through DNA Center. And second of all, as you'll see, we're doing this in a way that keeps it simple. So it doesn't matter what's on your network. You might have a layer two network right now or you might have a complete software-defined set of boxes, the, the latest Cisco hardware, to deploy this can be done the way you need to do it, uh, depending on the resources you have to begin to establish your policies and the different types of segmentation that you want to do, how much time you have to, to invest in this. We have a number of different roads to be able to allow you to do this at your pace and at your budget. And that's what makes this so special. The same system and at your pace. Yeah, great point, Duval. And if I, if I may just uh, touch on that a little bit more again. Uh, when we talk about the multiple options, right? So what we are talking down about is, uh, you could say that I want to start with uh, you know, just visibility first. Uh, so a lot of customers would say, look, I want to first understand what's connecting to my network before I undertake that zero trust journey, like I can, before I do anything more, can I just get visibility and hey, you know what, I already have an existing infrastructure, can I just turn on visibility in there? Uh, and yes, you can. You can start there and then get on and do segmentation next, uh, for example, no problem. For other customers who could be starting with brand new infrastructure, they don't really have any endpoints connected yet, they could start by just doing uh, segmentation. And, uh, and you really don't need to worry about, uh, do I have eyes, can, you should be, you have network infrastructure, have DNS center, you can get started with segmentation first, and then uh, you can turn on visibility next. It really comes down to what's your priority, what you wanna do first, uh, and then uh, Cisco can give you an option to be able to take that path to ultimately to a complete workplace zero trust solution. That's so cool, Vikram. Can you tell me a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you look at Cisco SD Access, if you go to DNS Center today, uh, the three principles that I've mentioned about establishing trust, enforcing trust, and verifying trust, you know, that manifests in certain capabilities uh, in the DNS Center uh, that you would actually know and learn more about if you, if you want to look it up. Uh, it all starts with Cisco AI Endpoint Analytics. Uh, 
And as the name implies, what it does is it leverages the deep packet inspection. In other words, it looks at the, the traffic flowing through your network to be able to identify uh, the type of endpoints you know, that are connecting to your network. So in other words, it knows the language, understands the protocols these endpoints are talking to be able to tell definitively uh, in a granular way that this is not a Windows 7 workstation, but this is actually a scanner of this particular model uh, type and uh, manufacturer. So uh, it gives that capability uh, with uh, DPI. Where DPI is not able to fingerprint a device connecting to the network, uh, endpoint analytics uh, leverages the power of machine learning to be able to cluster endpoints with similar attributes, like a similar endpoint type or a similar manufacturer label, um, and then be able to surface that to you to be able to recommend a rule to be able to classify them into a single group of endpoints. Like these are all cameras, for example, and then be able to also you know, leverage crowdsourcing where available uh, to be uh, permitted by the customers uh, to be able to then label them much more accurately. So DPI with AIML and the power of uh, the network infrastructure, three things together, uh, is how endpoint analytics does a much better uh, granular high fidelity classification of a really large number of endpoints. You could have hundreds of endpoints that would get classified in a very short amount of time uh, with Cisco AI endpoint analytics. Then going beyond endpoint analytics, you know where endpoint analytics stops, Cisco SD access policy analytics you know, starts. It is able to observe how these endpoints or groups of endpoints are actually behaving on the network, how they're communicating on the network to be able to help surface policies, segmentation policies that you should be defining, but also uh, be able to uh, uh, flag potential security violations. Just a few days ago, I was talking to a customer, Jasmine, and uh, this customer already had Cisco SD access deployed, uh, segmentation working, and policies defined. Um, they turned on this capability after the fact uh, with the latest DNS center upgrade, and they immediately were able to discover that there were certain flows. Uh, uh, for example, if they had cameras, those cameras were actually trying to talk to endpoints that they were not permitted to, and they were immediately able to update their policy to be able to bring that back in compliance. Uh, so really powerful, helps you not only define, but also be able to, after definition of policy, observe that the, the endpoints are actually in compliance with that policy there. The third pillar of SD access is all about segmentation. Um, and we offer two types of segmentation techniques, uh, what we call as macro segmentation. Think about it as uh, segmentation, which is for more like north-south traffic, uh, so you separate different uh, types of endpoints into different virtual networks. Uh, very simple, but also coarse-grained. Uh, because as I was talking about it, uh, it's possible that you might have all IoT devices, cameras and cache registers, all in a single IoT VM, and you're protecting your employees from IoT. However, you also want to make sure that the cameras are not talking to cache registers uh, in there. And in such a scenario, micro-segmentation becomes important. And in context of uh, malware and lateral movement of threats, which is very common, you want to make sure that the east-west flows are also being, uh, being under the purview of your policies, which is super hard to do if you just have like a perimeter-based security like firewall. But with uh, SD access and micro-segmentation, which is done right at the network edge, 
you're also able to pull in east-west flows into the purview of your security. So very powerful two-level segmentation capability uh, that ST Access offers. And then the last thing, you know, you have established the trust and you've set the right least uh, privileged segmentation policies to enforce that trust. We, with the latest version of DNS Center, uh, introduced uh, Cisco AI Trust Analytics. So Cisco AI Trust Analytics is a new capability that allows us to be able to identify uh, certain endpoints that could have been compromised by specific types of attacks and are spoofing uh, valid uh, authenticated uh, or authorized endpoints. So continuing with the camera example, it's possible that a camera that is connected to the network can be spoofed. So a very one example comes to mind, this happened at a conference uh, you know, there was a, a savvy network engineer uh, wanted to have access, you know, a, a nice internet access. So went in there, uh, removed uh, and actually uh, uh, a smart device that was connected to ethernet and plugged in the camera by just, you know, copying the MAC address of that smart device and then was able to just get access. Now this was just for internet access, but this is what hackers do very commonly. So you could protect against such kind of attacks um, uh, the two types of attacks uh, that we actually protect against with the, input the uh, trust analytics capability is what we call as a probe spoofing attack. This is where a hacker would uh, use a probe like a DHCP probe, Jasmine, to be able to uh, say that this is uh, actually a Windows workstation when it is not. And uh, if uh, you were just relying on uh, the metadata coming from that probe, you would misclassify it. So we could actually catch that and also uh, art spoofing uh, or man-in-the-middle attacks, uh, .1s bypass attacks, can be caught when the entire MAC address of the endpoint itself can get spoofed in there. So very, very uh, critical attacks that can then cause the malware to spread through your network infrastructure. Uh, we are able to identify it. The fun part here is the technology. Super cool, again, leveraging the power of uh, the DNS Center platform, it is able to detect these attacks by actually looking at how these endpoints are behaving on the network. So, so just by the traffic flows which we are collecting in DNS Center, we are able to apply AIML techniques to be able to detect if uh, a camera which is normally talking, let us say, uh, a particular way in the network, you know, in, in human speak, you know, if I normally talk English and suddenly one day I start talking German uh, over the phone, you will wonder that this does not sound like Vikram. So we use AI ML to be able to figure out that this endpoint is behaving abnormally compared to how we have seen this endpoint behave, not only in your organization, but across all the organizations that actually have Cisco ST access deployed. So we are able to detect those patterns quickly and then feed it back and flag it to you so you can take care of it before it becomes worse. And it gives the customer some confidence too, because we're not just saying, oh, this is a camera, trust me. We're saying, here's the trust score. We've done deep packet inspection. We see that the attributes are correct and it does have a MAC address that does look like it's a camera, but we're not able to see a couple of things that we'd like to see. So I'm not gonna give this a 10 out of 10, I'm going to give this a six out of 10. And these are important things because as IT administrators, we really want all the information. We don't want our management just system to just say everything's okay. So the trust, the concept of the trust score, where we tell you 
what we've seen in this device to tell us that it is what it is, I think is an important step. And it's also something that none of the competing systems are able to deliver today. So, so well put. This goes back again to the, you know, you could be doing super complex things, but as far as our customers are concerned, we want to present it in a very simple, consumable fashion. So you can consume that uh, level uh, at the level of uh, need that you have. And then, yeah, the, the last thing that comes in there is the action. So what happens? You know, what next? You know, cool. So you have identified uh, a potential vulnerability or, or, or an attack that is underway. Uh, how can you, like, are there options to be able to, uh, for you to be able to take, uh, to be able to remediate this threat or to be able to contain this threat? And this is where uh, Cisco DNA Center's integration with ICE comes in. You know, ICE is the uh, market-leading uh, network access control solution. And, and we are able to use ICE to be able to then take appropriate steps to be able to quarantine the device or to be able to contain or remediate the device as, uh, as defined by the policies uh, of the enterprise IT. Uh, so those five pillars in a nutshell, Jasmine, is how we deliver the three principles of zero trust around establishment of trust, enforcement of trust, and then continuous verification of trust. It definitely made a lot of sense. I loved all of your analogies. I think it helps someone like me who's not very close to a solution like DNA Center actually understand it in layman's term. And now I feel like I can go explain it to my mom at home in New York. So um, no, that was really, really great. So thank you so much. Kind of moving on to our next piece of this podcast, more and more complex networks are becoming normal, which can lead to a lot of technical issues and network latencies for workers. Can you tell us a little bit more about the user experience challenges you've seen with complex networks and how Cisco DNA Center can help an organization manage it better? Yeah, sure. So we've taken a lot of steps to automate so many more parts of the IT job. And now in other podcasts, we've talked about machine reasoning, where we're creating a push button for a whole set of tasks like troubleshooting a power supply. Uh, we've talked about how uh, baselining can allow the DNA center to learn what's normal in your network. So if there's a building that is next to a school and they use a lot of Wi-Fi, there might be a lot of Wi-Fi interference in that building. You don't want to keep receiving alerts that you have interference in the building again and again and again. It would be nice if the system just learned that interference is normal in that building. So being able to automate the process of troubleshooting to be able to automate the process of what is an alert and normalize in a way that it takes you less time to manage your network. And one of the things that we've done is put a big focus on what our customers have asked for in the AIML interface to manage their network better. One of the big asks was for more comparative analytics. Can I compare more than just building to building or floor to floor? Can I compare devices like maybe models of a certain brand of phone or one brand against another brand? Can I compare access points in my network or different models or brands of access point and really dig down for my next investment or maybe some of the better performing products that I'm using within my network? The second is more enhancement on visibility of 
our KPIs in the system. So, and this came mostly from the wireless side. So on the wireless side, you might be looking at things like how many packets were retransmitted, trying to solve a problem or dig down on, on an issue that you're having. Having better, more granular access to a lot of these KPIs in a different way. So we've enhanced what we call the network heat map. And the heat map basically was a brainstorm where we have an engineer in Cisco IT that said, I love these two-dimensional heat maps where I can see the Wi-Fi coverage in, in this area of the building, but I'm a numbers person. I really see numbers. I'm not visual. Can you give me the data that you're getting this, this heat map off of. And so we created what we call the network heat maps, which is basically the same telemetry that we're using to build that Wi-Fi heat map. We now put this into KPIs that you can look one by one. And you can arrange these by access point. So which access point has the most interference to the least, uh, highest throughput to the least, most number of users to the least, or you can search a certain name of access point and find that access point and see all of those KPIs, interference, retransmitted packets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it gives you a much more granular way to digest a lot of the information that we present to you in the heat maps. And finally is the baselines dashboard. The baseline is the way we make decisions. So I said about the interference in the building and uh, you create a customized baseline that says, you don't want to keep seeing those there's interference because that's normal for you. So we have customers that say, you know what, I'd like to be able to see those baselines. I don't want them just coming up every time I have an issue or telling me that there's something's out of normal. What are the assumptions that this AI is making about my network? And maybe there's some things that are inherent to this network that I don't have to accept. Maybe there's some things I could do about this interference from this school. Um, that doesn't mean I have to disconnect the access points in the school, but actually do something to my network to help it. So show me all the baselines in my network that AIML has discovered, and maybe I can learn from that. So we have a new baselines dashboard. It's going to give you the visibility to be able to work with these bigger networks and do this. And these, all of these are new features in the latest re revision of DNA Center. It is truly incredible to see the benefits of this network management console and what it can provide to organizations, networks, and workplaces. What are some differentiating factors that a prospective customer can keep in mind when evaluating solutions for their business? One of the biggest differentiators that uh, we've had is Thousand Eyes. Now, Thousand Eyes has been a partner of Cisco's for a while now, and it's actually an incredible complement to DNA Center. So if you haven't seen it before, basically it does what DNA Center does, but it does it across the worldwide network. And it'll tell you what the performance is in the network close to your data center in Australia or Brazil or Europe or or anywhere in the United States, it'll tell you the performance of your applications that are in the cloud and everywhere, and that's why it's called Thousand Eyes. Thousand Eyes is now included in your DNA subscription, Advantage or Premier, so take advantage of it. It's included now. The second issue is getting it installed on the network. We can now install Thousand Eyes agents inside of the Catalyst 9K switches. So you've got 
hundreds or depending on the size of your network, maybe thousands of places you can install these. The problem is how do I install the agents? And this is where DNA Center comes to the rescue. We've now included the Thousand Eyes automation of all of these agents into your switches. So with a single push of a button, you can automate the automation or you can automate the installation of all of uh, your Thousand Eyes agents and put it on your network. And once you've used it, you'll see it's really incredible. You can go from any part of your network to any part of the world per hop, really look at how applications are performing, especially since most of your applications are now in the cloud. It's a real game changer. I have to say, technology is pretty darn cool. Listening into this conversation, it really makes me think about what happens when I, an individual, connect to the network, whether it be via VPN or if I'm on-site connecting to the corporate network. I can tell that there's a lot going on from tons of different endpoints, collaboration activities, data uploads, downloads, cameras, sensors, and there's so much more. I don't even think I scratched the surface. But this was such a cool conversation. So thank you so much, Vikram and Duval, for joining us and sharing such valuable information and details around Cisco DNA Center and the Thousand Eye features that are now integrated within the console. Insiders, as always, big shout out to you for listening to us and to get into the details of this powerful technology. I did want to say Vikram and Duval also did a live webinar that goes in a little bit deeper into what you heard today, which has been recorded, and that link will be in the show notes. And you can also visit cisco.com slash go slash DNA Center if you want to learn more. Thanks again. And until we get back into the network, ciao and stay safe.